0: Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is the 21st edition of the podcast. And in this episode of the podcast, I will be talking about all things NBA. I will be doing a monthly episode of this podcast ...about the NBA called NBA Jam. This is NBA Jam, the first edition of NBA Jam... ...on the 21st edition of the Head to Head Podcast. So a monthly episode all about the NBA... ...because that's how much... I love the NBA. Let's get it started. Let's talk about the recent struggles of the Houston Rockets who have 7 losses and they had 17 losses all of last year. Last year the Houston Rockets were 65 and 17. James Harden was your MVP. Chris Paul was a stud. The Rockets were one game from going to the NBA Finals and this offseason they have decided to not re-signed their best defensive players in Trevor Ariza and Luke Mute. They did not sign Mute or Ariza. They're two best defenders on the roster. They have gone. They also traded away Ryan Anderson, acquired Carmelo Anthony. Now there's talk that Carmelo Anthony is on the way out. Listen, I have zero interest in continuing to talk about Carmelo Anthony because he is no longer interesting. He is just a guy who used to be great at basketball who's no longer great at basketball. Father Time has already beaten... Carmelo Anthony. What I do want to talk about is why we're not blaming Mike D'Antoni. This is the history of a Mike D'Antoni team. They can get to a certain point. They can win 60-something games. We saw that with the Suns year in and year out. He has a great offensive system. He's one of the best offensive minds in the history of basketball. But what Mike D'Antoni cannot do is coach defense. And he has zero interest of the defensive end when it comes to the Houston Rockets. And that's why they let Trevor Ariza go. I know it's $15 million. I know Ownership probably had something to do with it too. But the two, but the realistic thing is he is interested in James Harden and he is interested in Chris Paul because they are great offensive players. He has zero interest in defensive players. How many of his former players were great defenders? Sean Marion is, comes to mind, but he was also a great offensive player. Mike Dantoni's history as a coach is too much about offense and not about defense. He is a great offensive mind. He is not a great overall coach. He's a good coach. The, the the debacle with the Lakers, the debacle with the Knicks, the Suns were great. He's been mostly great for the Rockets, making James Harden a point guard, having him average like twelve assists that one year. Then last year, getting Chris Paul, making those two players work together even though most people thought it wouldn't work out and it did work out to the tune of 65 wins but now we are at the point again where it's ring or bust for Mike D'Antoni and he never gets the ring and my guess is he will never end up getting the ring because he has zero interest on the offensive end when it comes to the game of basketball. That has to be frustrating for the players, has to be frustrating for For Daryl Morey in the front office, they offered four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler and did not end up getting Butler. This team is desperate for something. Desperate for defense. Clint Capella is nice. Again, P.J. Tucker is still one of the better defenders in basketball, but they lost their two best defenders, Trevor Ariza and Luke Mabamute. And those two guys have not been replaced, and until those two guys are replaced, the Houston Rockets are not as bad as they look right now. They will probably end up being the second seed in the West. But they, mark my words, will not be in competition to win the NBA Finals until they end up playing defense. And my guess is they probably won't do that until Mike Dantoni's no longer the coach. As I was saying, the Rockets offered four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler ends up going to the Philadelphia 76ers away from Tom Thibodeau. And the Timberwolves and those those young players who I'm not big fans of Andrew Wiggins. And I'm not big fans of Carl Anthony Towns. I am a big fan of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons needs to develop a jump shot. Jimmy Butler is Ben Simmons with a jump shot. So that's why I think he's the perfect mentor. I feel like these two young players are going to fit well with... Jimmy Butler better than Wiggins and Carl Anthony Townsend. But I do think it's interesting that teams continue to put Jimmy Butler around young players when he continues to, I don't know, there was the debacle with Rondo and the Bulls a few years ago with Butler and young players. Then he goes to Minnesota and he's not getting along with young players. He needs to be on a veteran-laden team. So maybe the Sixers have more veterans than the Timberwolves. I mean, the Sixers do have J.J. Redick. Maybe that helps. There's not a lot of veterans on that roster, though. And it doesn't feel like Jimmy Butler wants to be mentor guy. He wants to be the face of the franchise. He wants to get paid. So I think if the Sixers are willing to pay Jimmy Butler, things should work out. I mean, that's what it comes down to is he wants the respect. I think it is more than the money for Jimmy Butler. I think he wants to be told he's number one. And listen, I think the Sixers are willing to do that because there are flaws in Joel Embiid's game and there are flaws in Ben Simmons' game. There's not. I, I do believe that Jimmy Butler would be the best player on that roster. I think Butler and. Embiid would be the number one two-punch, and Ben Simmons becomes like the passer-boying guard type guy. Listen, they lose Dario Saric, and they lose Robert Covington, so they lose a lot of their depth, but they are getting back superstar players, and that's the name of the game. I think this trade is good for both sides. I mean, the Timberwolves, I think, had to move on for Butler if they weren't going to pay him. I do believe they made the overall mistake in not making Jimmy Butler the face of the franchise, but that's how things work out. They do get back Covington, who's a nice defender, shoots way too many free, for my interest and Dario Saric was lost in Philadelphia anyway he's a starting player on an NBA roster and he will finally get the opportunity to start for the T-Wolves the T-Wolves listen they're like five and eight as I'm doing this podcast I don't think they're a playoff team anyway but they had to start over and I think they have to move on from Tom Thibodeau at some point The highlight of the Timberwolves season is going to be the Derrick Rose 50-point performance, and that's not a good thing because that means they won't make the playoffs. And again, that performance was all-time great, but the rest of their season is going to be a forgotten mess because Tom Thibodeau let Jimmy Butler run a mess. I don't blame Jamie Butler for acting the way he did, but I do blame Tom Thibodeau for allowing it to happen and waiting way too long to get something back. He was offered four first-round picks. To me, four first-round picks are worth more than Dario Saric and Robert Covington and whatever they what picks they got back from the Sixers. Four first-round picks and they said no, even though they would have been lower first-round picks. If you're listen, coaches as GMs are not working out. Tom Thibodeau didn't work out. He's not working out with the Timberwolves. Stan Van Gundy didn't work out with the Pistons, and Doc Rivers didn't work out with the Clippers. Coaches should say coaches and general managers should definitely stay general managers. Another guy who was a general manager and a coach, Mike Budenholzer, finds a new home with the Milwaukee Bucks, and so far this season, things are working out. Milwaukee Bucks are the best three-point shooting team thus far this season, and that's that's coming off of last year when they had guys like Jabari Parker and a bunch of guys who didn't shoot the three. Now they brought back Ilya Sova. They're really using Chris Middleton more. Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have Matthew Dellavedova. They have nice young players. Brogdon is a nice young player who won Rookie of the Year, even though he won it in a year where there wasn't many rookies who were flashy and great. I also think they also got one of the stars from March Madness as one of their first-round picks. Listen, I think it's interesting what's happening with Milwaukee. I'm not going to really take them serious. They, the most interesting thing is adding Brooke Lopez so they have bigs that can shoot. They really brought in shooters. I think that's the right way to go. I think the Bucks are going to win 50-55 to 55 games, get to the second round. It'd be interesting to see a rematch with the Celtics. As a Celtics fan, I thought the Bucks had it. That was maybe... The best series of the playoffs for me last year, entertaining-wise. I know I'm saying that as a Celtics fan, but I, I did like a lot what the Bucs did. I really, I have been on the Chris Middleton bandwagon when they say Yantes on the Takubo and nothing else. Chris Middleton is a really good shooter. He's, he, he's more than a catch-and-shoot guy. He's a really good defender. I think he's underrated in NBA circles. I, I'm a big Chris Middleton fan. I I like the addition of Brooke Lopez, like I said. I think Brooke Lopez was really good with the Lakers last year. I mean, I don't know why the Lakers didn't bring him back. They probably should have. Now they had to get Desperate and get Dyson Chandler. But again, with the Milwaukee Bucks, all in all, Mike Boonehosler has won 60-plus games before with a Hawks team without a superstar. Now that he has a superstar with Giannis, we're going to see what he can really do. And it seems like it's going to work out for him in the long haul. It's a lot better than the Jason Kidd, Giannis, do what you do, and the rest of us sit and watch. For me, overall, with the Bucs, I think this is the year of Giannis. I think he wins MVP. I think he's voted in as an all-star, obviously. I think this is the year he's going to win MVP. I know people talk about Anthony Davis. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is better than Anthony Davis. And thus, I believe Giannis Antetokounmpo should and will win MVP this year. If the Bucks win 55 games, if the Bucs win 55 games, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's going to be in there if the Raptors win 60-plus, but I mean, the Raptors were winning without last year with DeMar. So I think this is the year that Giannis grabs hold and becomes a real big face of the NBA. Well, not the best player in the NBA, but the MVP. I think Giannis will win an MVP this season, and the Bucks will ride high. The next thing I want to speak on is the Warriors and the recent drama with Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. Listen, I think we live in this world where they recruit these superstars, and we all think they're best friends, and now there's there's the news that Draymond was suspended because of things he said about Durant. I don't really know what the argument was about. His impending free agency. I think sports, those free agencies are looming bigger in sports the more and more. The Jimmy Butler situation, now the Kevin Durant situation, last year the Kawhi Leonard situation. I'm really not that interested in talking about the Warriors as a whole because I think they're going to be fine. They're going to probably win an NBA title. But I do think it's interesting that the NBA has become this sport where the superstars hold all the cards and some of the players are still starting to argue over whether or not you're going to be on my team and that team. There are spurts. Like last year, Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard seriously had a beef. I don't know how close they were as teammates before that, but Tony Parker was publicly speaking on Kawhi Leonard's injury and questioning how long he should be out because they knew about his free agency. Timberwolves' teammates... Didn't really speak on the whole Jimmy Butler situation. Some of them said he's a fine teammate and all that. But I think there's going to be more said about that now that he's gone. I mean, the, the whole interesting thing about the NBA is that the superstars control the league. And now they're controlling each other. And, like, they're deciding what's cool and what's not. And now Draymond Green wants an answer about whether Kevin Durant's going to be a warrior for life. But then Draymond Green won't even answer the question two years from now, whether or not he's going to be a Warrior. I know Draymond wants the Supermax from the Warriors, but there's a pretty good chance that the Warriors aren't going to give Draymond Green a Supermax contract. I just find this whole thing fascinating on this who's who of NBA free agency looming and, like, it's controlling everything. Kyrie came out in front and said, I'm going to stay a Celtic. I mean, the way that the NBA is dealing with free agency is so different than how other sports are doing it. I mean, you don't have these examples of these guys dictating themselves and where they think each other should go. I mean, the, the Warriors got blasted for bringing in DeMarcus Cousins on a minimum paid deal to be a Warrior because teams thought that was unfair. And it's like your team didn't want to sign DeMarcus Cousins to a bigger contract. I mean, that's your problem. And now you're having Draymond mad heaven Kevin because he's not giving the answers about whether or not he's going to stay a Warrior. I mean, the whole thing's fascinating. I don't really I don't know if Kevin Durant's going to remain a Warrior. Most NBA fans do not want Kevin Durant to remain a Golden State Warrior. I on the other hand don't mind there being a team like the Golden State Warriors because it's making the Houston Rockets try to be better. It's made my Boston Celtics try to be better. You need that team that makes the other teams try to be better. And they're the team. They've won the last two titles, they're probably going to win a third. Maybe even I think the I think the Golden State Warriors could win a title next year without Kevin Durant. So the whole Kevin Durant thing as a whole is not that interesting to me. But what is interesting to me is that the players that this is controlling the regular season now. These pending free agencies. It started with LeBron. He's really the creator of this. Their free agencies. Jimmy Butler's. Impending free agency dictated the Timberwolves' season thus far. Kevin Durant is controlling the Warriors. Kawhi Leonard's was all the talk of last year, even though he wasn't a free agent this coming season. His desire to not be a spur. The Warrior, the the NBA players and their free agencies and their contract situations are dictating NBA regular season play now. And to me, that's interesting. Whether or not fans really want that or not, I mean, it does create this more entertaining NBA everyday timeline. But I don't know. At some point or another, you're just going to want the star players to just play basketball. I mean, sometimes it's got to be about the game. Let's talk about how things are going for LeBron and the Lakers next. I just feel really weird about where LeBron is with the Lakers. They have Lonzo. They have Kuzma. They have Josh Hart. They have a bunch of guys. They have Ingram. None of them are shooters. Why would you not... Put together a team full of shooters. Instead, you put up a team full of clowns like Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley. I feel like the Lakers are in a really weird place. Luke Walton has been put on notice for whatever that means. I really don't know how this situation... Is going to end with Magic and Luke. What I do know, though, is that LeBron and Magic Johnson, during his playing career, have a history of being coach killers. And I think their first thing, when things aren't going great, is to fire the head coach. As I do this podcast right now, the Lakers are at, are at about 7-6. and six. They're not going, They're not in the playoff hunt at the moment. They're not in the top eight seed in the West. If they don't make the playoffs, I believe the first thing they would do is get rid of Luke Walton and Magic Johnson would probably bring in his own guy, whoever that guy would be. I don't really know who Magic Johnson would want to coach LeBron or whoever LeBron would want as his coach. LeBron James has never been coached by a great coach. And I don't know if Luke Walton is a great coach. He had that ten year with the Warriors where he won a bunch of games when Steve Kerr was absent with his illness, I don't really know. I feel like LeBron has never had a great coach. I think the best coach LeBron has ever had was Eric Spolstra, and even that relationship was a little eh. I don't think LeBron really wants the Greg Popovich type of coach. I don't think he wants a Darth Rivers type of coach. He wants a puppet. He wants a Tyron lose. He wants whatever he wants. He wants to be the face of the franchise, the general manager, the coach. I think LeBron doesn't want a great coach. But I do think LeBron loves to do the pro We have a problem. Let's get rid of the coach. Magic Johnson did that during his playing career. That's how he got Pat Riley to be his coach. They get people that they want to be their coaches. They inherited Luke Walton. And with this slow start, it's their chance to get rid of Luke Walton. And I think that was always part of their plan. Luke Walton will be fine. He'll coach somewhere else. But for the long haul, I don't think He'll be the long-term coach of the Lakers. With the Lakers, they had the Rondo-Chris Paul incident, which, by the way, I'm on Team Rondo. I think Chris Paul has a history of being kind of a a bad teammate. I think Chris Paul is kind of a bad teammate. I'm going to be honest with you. How it ended with Blake Griffin, how it ended with New Orleans, how it ended with L.A. in general. I, I feel like there are times where teammates probably get annoyed by Chris Paul. And it probably has to do with his lack of playoff success. You can be that intense about winning, but when you don't win, the results need to change. And he doesn't have the results to be able to be the guy who's demanding you to win. He's only been in the conference finals once, and he got injured those last two games. His injury history and his overall maybe lack of compassion towards his teammates in times of struggle. I don't think Chris Paul has ever reacted to struggling well when his teams aren't that good. So in that case, I'm on Team Rondo. I've always been a huge Rajon Rondo fan. That's why I picked Rondo in that incident. But the Lakers, overall, I feel like maybe they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe they're not. And if they don't, Luke Walton's gone. The next team I want to talk about is a team that seems lost. And it's probably going to have to get rid of its star players the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards are a lost franchise. They have John Wall, who was a top five point guard at one point. They have Bradley Beal, who some would argue is a top five shooting guard. He's a Ray Allen type of player. This team is lost. They do not have an identity. They are four and nine as they do this podcast. They have Dwight Howard. They're just a mismatch. They they haven't been able to get it together. Really, since Paul Pierce left, I think this team needed veteran presence. They have guys like Otto Porter who underperform. I love Markeith Morris as a player. I think this team needed more veterans. Last year they had the Marchine Gortat, John Wall incident. I feel like the Wizards are really lost. They are a lost franchise at this point. And to be honest, I've never been a fan of Scott Brooks as a coach. I wasn't a fan when he was a coach of Oklahoma City with Durant and Westbrook. It felt like it's Durant's turn to score. It's Westbrook's turn to score. He never really coached. I'm not a Scott Brooks fan. But again, the Wizards, I mean, John Wall and Bradley Beal, arguably two top 50 players, and they're not even good as a team. They gave Otto Porter money, and he hasn't really performed since he got paid. They they really need to hit the reset button. I think that reset button is trading Bradley Beal because John Wall's mega deal hasn't even started yet. So the key for the Wizards is to probably move on from Bradley Beal like they moved on from Gortat. Like they're probably going to move on from Morris. But they had a really good core that just couldn't get past the second round of the playoffs. They couldn't beat the Celtics in the playoffs. They could. I, I, the Wizards are just a lost cause though. They're going to have to hit the reset button. Dwight Howard was a terrible mistake move to try to quick fix. The quick fixes never work in the NBA. And therefore, it'll be a few years before the Wizards are good. Hit the reset button, get rid of Scott Brooks as your coach, and trade Bradley Beal. That's what the Wizards need desperately. And the last thing I want to talk about on this podcast is my Boston Celtics. They are off to a 7 And six start. And it's not looking too pretty so far. I'm going to hold and wait my judgment for Gordon Hayward until about the midpoint of the season. That's not the problem. The problem to me is the Terry Rozier issue. The Terry Rozier issue is this young guy without Kyrie helped lead. He didn't lead. He helped lead the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals. And within a game of the NBA Finals. Listen. All said and done. This is Kyrie Irving's team. Kyrie Irving is the long-term future of the Boston Celtics. They're going to have to trade Terry Rozier because Terry Rozier is hungry and he wants to play. Scary Terry is now scary for the Celtics, not for other teams. This is a guy who wants more playing time. And Listen, is he justified in doing so? Yes, they have Al Horford, they have Jalen Brown, they have Gordon Hayward. Those guys all seem kind of happy, Jason Tatum, the one guy who's unhappy is Terry Rogier. And you kind of need everyone happy, it seems like, for the Celtics to have a really successful season. I still believe the Celtics are going to win 60 games and be the one seed. But right now, they're seven and six, and they're the fifth seed in the East. Things need to change as I do this podcast. I believe things will change, but there has to be some moves to be made. And I think Terry Rogier is the move to be made, because everybody else seems to be when Terry Rohear comes into a game, it just kind of seems like it's his turn to take shots now. I, I, I don't really like how things are going. Can they resolve things with Terry? He didn't take a contract. He's going to be restricted for agency. I don't think they're going to match the offer. I think now is the time to move on from Scary Terry and maybe get something that you need. The Celtics should use another backup big. The Celtics should use some, a shooter coming off the bench who doesn't need to be the guy. The the idea that makes Scary Terry scary for the Celtics right now is he believes he can be a player, a major player on a team. And from the Celtics' perspective, they don't need him to be that guy. They have Kyrie Irving. They have Gordon Hayward. They have Jason Tatum. They want Gordon Hayward to start taking more shots. And I think they want Scary Terry to start taking less of the shots. I know Brad Stevens said he wants to play Terry Rozier as much as he can. But what's best for the Celtics is to probably move on from Terry Rozier because he has come to a point in the NBA where he believes he is the guy. And I think it's, it's kind of dangerous to have him around the actual guys. I think it is. He doesn't want to be another role player. He, he thinks it's his time. And maybe he's, he has to be given the chance to see whether or not it is his time. I believe, I believe with most athletes... It's interesting when they are given that chance. We've seen it with other guys. We've seen it with Dennis Schroeder when he was with Atlanta. They moved on from T. The Celtics are not going to move on from Kyrie Irving. He is going to sign the mega deal. He is the star of the franchise. He is going to be the long-term Celtic. Terry Rozier is not. Marcus Smart already signed his extension. So the Celtics have chosen sides. They're going to choose Kyrie over Rozier. That's just the fact. But the the fact of the matter is for this season, to, for for it to be the best season it could be, I believe the Celtics will probably have to move on from Terry Rozier, and which is sad to say because he was a playoff hero last postseason without Kyrie Irving, and he's great insurance to have. But last season he felt like a role player. He took his role and he went with it. Now there's talks about he wants out. He wants a trade. He wants to be the man, and there's not enough basketballs to go around for him to be the man I want uh, there are three players I want to get more shots than Terry Rozier Kyrie Irving Gordon Hayward Jason Tatum and probably Jalen Brown also I believe in those guys more than I believe in Terry Rozier that's just the fact of the matter and Danny is going to have to make the right move with Terry Rozier he could probably get a nice haul for Terry Rogier. A nice role player to take that spot. They don't need free point guards. I really don't think they need. Gordon Hayward can handle the ball. Al Warford's a great passer. Now might be the time to move on from Terry Rogier, In my estimation, it is the time. It's time to move on. It was a great run last season. But you have this new group. Gordon Hayward changes the group dynamic of last year. You needed Terry Rogier. Now you have Gordon Hayward. You probably don't need as many guys handling the ball. Because Gordon Hayward's a better overall passer he just is he they need to get Gordon Hayward going they need Hayward I believe in the Celtics I believe everything will be okay in the end thanks again for listening to the head to head podcast I'm Cam McKinney and you can subscribe rate and review please and also listen to weekly episodes on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. thanks again for listening